Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, where you can hear the rest. I read things in Washington Post and New York Times that could just as easily be on BuzzFeed or Thought Catalog, which is one of the reasons why I start laughing at the snobbiness toward Thought Catalogs. I feel like Thought Catalog is almost a more <laughs> honest version of what it is. It used to be honest. It did. Yeah. It used to be very like, um, we're deliberately trying to be like provocative. So almost like almost like a vice, but then eventually you get advertisers and you can no longer afford to be honest about it. So then you have to cloak it and you have to be like, look at all these articles we have about puppies. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever the fuck. Like I saw um, in Washington Post and this is an article I bring up all the time, but it was a Washington Post article written by an actual editor. And it was like, we need to talk about why Killmonger from Black Panther is a hotep. <laughs> I was like, is this serious? Like, this is a serious article in Washington freaking Post, like where Woodward and Bernstein were, right? Like it's, and this is an editor. It's not even like a freelancer, you know? And right. I found it very insulting because she was uh, black and a woman. And I feel like, I'm not saying she's not capable of better. I think she quite is when I hear her speak and see her pedigree. But somebody, and I think in almost a racist and sexist way, kind of shepherded her shepherded her or groomed her into doing this because i think a lot of these editors they have a kind of uh, bigotry of low expectations and they hire a lot of these minority and female writers mm -hmm. to just do bloggy fluff and the danger yep. ends up becoming what you talk about as in a you're only trained to think and do this type of stuff and then b when it's time to do bigger stuff you don't have um even if it does lead you don't have the tools. you don't have the tools for it that's b but then c because everything is becoming dominated by the cults of content when you do get to the big platforms this and this is why i think is almost a painful irony of what you describe not developing the tools almost ends up not mattering as in if you hung in there long enough yes it wouldn't have mattered that you didn't develop the tools because now even the big boys don't require the tools you know yeah and if you if you care at all like i think at some point it, it also stunts your development as a person yes. like there there was a point in my life where my boyfriend was a comedian and he I was constantly living in fear of him being canceled. Oh <laughs> I would always like, um, cause he's like friends with like the come town guys and stuff like that. And I would always be like on him with this like empty lib shit about like what to say and not say. 
and we're still friends and stuff, so it's cool. But like, um, not saying, you know, our relationship didn't have other problems, but there was a way in which like my personal life was like permeated by this training that I'd had that I'd subjected myself to of like how to go about life in, I'm not saying like be an edgelord, but I'm saying like how to go about life, like saying the right things and like following the right people uh, that you're not going to suffer. And that's sort of what a career in media is a lot of times now is, you know, making the right connections, not pissing off the right people. And it's not that there's always been gatekeepers, but now like it's kind of like the gate is open for anyone who either realizes it or doesn't realize it and is going to be like taken advantage of and have their personal experiences and intimate opinions <laughs> like yeah. put out there yeah. as fodder. Like I think there's a good place from which to criticize edgelord stuff and good motives for which to, um, you know, criticize them in, in good faith. You know, like, I don't think it has to be one extreme or the other, but I do agree that these people are kind of groomed to do it from a way that's almost the flip side of the same coin, as in like... Yeah, it doesn't really have like a critical distance. It doesn't have a critical distance, and it also doesn't have a inner values motivating it. It's more like you are part of the other club. And so it's like, I'll give you an example. Like a lot of the social justice influencers have a way of behaving and brigading and bullying and ostracizing that isn't that different than how a lot of edgelords and 4chan types um, conduct their own social circles. But the only thing that supposedly makes them um, the good guys is that they're doing this insanity on behalf of the quote-unquote right things. But what ends up happening is even in their circles, they end up becoming very toxic and fighting with each other and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. So then you end up with them kind of subverting their own supposed principles. Like you get these people who are supposed to be um, feminist or inclusive inclusive or anti-racist trafficking in a lot of weird tropes themselves or abusive. There was an old feminist uh, essay called uh, Trashing, I think it was called. I forgot who (laughs) wrote it, but it's written in the 70s. And it's all about being in these self-righteous feminist spaces and how she was having trouble being in these spaces it was called trashing the dark side of sisterhood by joe freeman freeman Mm. and it was about how a lot of people use the fact that they're standing up for a righteous cause to be as uh tyrannical or terroristic within these spaces as the people they're critiquing but they end up becoming immune to criticism or you gaslight yourself because you're like these people are fighting for something good they're feminists how can they be bad the problem must be um me right it's me it's me and i have to sort of convince and i think that's also a thing a function of media now too is that if you're you know if you're not enjoying it you're the problem (laughs) and if like if it's not if it if you're not working out as a writer, it's you're the problem versus like now we're seeing at least people are having the, the like Substack renaissance and it's pretty easy to separate like <laughs> what works on Substack and what doesn't yeah. because like either people subscribe or they don't and uh, I don't know, you know, how much people can make a living out of that and whatnot, but it is encouraging to me to see people who 
wouldn't be able to get a byline in like the Washington Post, then making a Substack and having a readership because it's like, yeah, fuck this. (laughs) Like, it's not even elite gatekeeping. It's like mediocre gatekeeping now. And I think that's really what ended up. I just realized in in my career, at least, like I was like, wait, where was I ever going with this? Like, what was what was the point like of doing there's this, two things you know? interesting about your career the way you describe it because you have an alarming amount of uh clarity and self-awareness uh about it right thank you <laughs> <laughs> i think i think what i mean like, i call it alarming because you just don't really see it that much uh anymore you know um and a certain like piece you've made with it but i think what is interesting about what you're saying is, is that you were almost saved from success by being there um, too early. Like, I think you arrived too <laughs> early. Yeah. I think if you came about later in the content farm game, you, you were saved by being a little too ahead of the game. Because I think nowadays, you really can just be at a... Con- well, I would have I, I would have also been, um, not to cut you but, off, but I would have been a canceled <laughs> yeah <laughs> like perhaps. another thing that would have happened inevitably i think is if you try not to get canceled and like i think you were probably about to say like it's it seems a lot easier now for people to succeed in like the the media landscape because you don't really have a chance to have those realizations when things are like when you're just at teen vogue you know what i mean yeah but but not just that you can actually like for example you were probably like maybe hitting a wall because you couldn't um, get a chance to do long form real journalism. A, but but B, if you ever did get lucky enough to do it, you would have this kind of imposter syndrome or this lack of tools. What I'm saying is that the big boys have degraded so much and the content right. aesthetic and mindset has so permeated everything that you could have even being problematic if you kept that as your brand you could have you know ended up as um getting an hbo show you could have got a comedy central show like you could have realistically gained success by just being a content um queen but the flip side of getting that success is now you really have an incentive to never get that self-awareness because now you're like you've achieved a certain amount of success. Like for example, Ben Shapiro, if he never hit it big uh doing his shtick, he might have quit conservatism like like pretty early right. and become a normal dude. But at like 18 or something, he hit it big and it's like he kind of has to be this guy. It's like a sunk cost uh trap. He almost is right. like Ben Shapiro can't now wake up and be like, you know what? I wasted my whole life. This is a bunch of shit and I'm an evil person. <laughs> I want to stop eating these terrible meals yeah. and posting them online. Yeah, like what is he going to do? Uh, liberal, well, actually, liberals are crazy enough. They might accept him into the fold. If he did it If he did it during <laughs> the Trump era, they might welcome him to the resistance. But If he apologized, if he yeah. apologized, then people would say, you know what? <laughs> yeah, but like what is he going to do now? Like not them. be that guy? And I think the fact that you uh, came about too early and, you know, hit that wall, because like you said, it would have made you 
an awful person if you kept being that person. But I think even more so if you succeeded at it. Because one thing I see about people who navigate this game very well, like the type of blue checks and content creators done good that navigate this world very well. And I don't really want to name names because I'm tired of burning bridges, but... um, Yeah, they're just awful people. They're awful people on Twitter. Anyone who works with them, they're awful. Anyone who's in a writer's room that they run, they're awful. But they're so yeah. invested in the in this game and the rules of this game. Like I have to produce the most content. I have to. Const- yeah, they make they start making the rules yeah. of what's. And I think that's what you're saying is true to an extent. And I would say like the only thing that I would say is not true is not that I wasn't. It's not that I wasn't given the opportunity. It was that like I was failing because, well, I think you did say this, but like I didn't have the thought processes and the skills to do the work that I thought I wanted to do in the first place. And I think that was really like, I had a lot of things converge at once where it was like, this doesn't even make any sense. Like I would actually have to, I think I have to learn (laughs) whatever it is I want to do. And then you also have to have like, I hate when people use the term space like this, but people do have to have space to think and learn and time and the ability to fail. And like you're saying now, people, they can't even fail because if you fail one way, then you can just make that your identity and be Ben Shapiro or whatever. (laughs) And if you succeed in another, that can be your identity. Um, And if you succeed with mediocrity, you can just choose to believe that that's what's working out. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.